1: My pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, our mission to serve and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. It's Friday, so not only am I looking forward to the weekend, but maybe I'll need to jump into the ocean after I hear how stinky I am. Also, we've been talking about rentals and ripoffs, but I have an extra level of warning for you if you're searching for a car rental deal. So Clark Stinks is available to you at clark.com slash Clark Stinks. When you hear or see or read advice from me that you feel is incomplete, inaccurate, just plain wrong or dumb, if you can take the time, please go and give me the feedback at clark.com slash Clark Stinks. It's how I learn. I'm just a guy. And once a week, Krista goes through your posts on Clark Stings and shares highlights with you right here on the podcast. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of
0: yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong.
1: Maybe you're right, pal.
0: all right clark we have a lot of clark stinks ready for you today first your response to josh's advice on western union payments being challenged by cryptocurrencies is incomplete you're right to talk about the stable value of fiat versus the volatility of crypto however strike an app built for bitcoin lightning network allows users to transact in fiat cross-border using the bitcoin network eliminating your concerns of price volatility I can send dollars to a person in Europe and it's automatically converted to euros in less than a second. And I assume no liability of the endless gyrations of crypto volatility. And you could do this for only a couple of pennies in transactions up to a thousand dollars. Western union for remittances is doomed. Check out strike's website. It's becoming widely used in Latin America, Matt and some other people wrote in about a couple of other similar services.
1: Matt, thank you. And others who posted as well. You know, I believe so much in being able to electronically transfer funds. So many people have relatives or friends in other places, may do business in other places, and the way money exchange has operated and money transfer has operated around the world is inefficient and highly expensive. And so if crypto can solve that, I think it's fantastic.
0: Okay, Clark doesn't stink, but this would be like splashing on some Old Spice. Blow dry your razors with a hair dryer, Lonnie.
1: (laughs) Lonnie, thank you. And that suggestion has been made before about the hair dryer. I'm just uh, too impatient to do that, and I get enough life out of my blades that I've been lazy and do what I'm not supposed to do, which is towel dry the blades which does shorten their lives. A
0: couple about this call. Regarding the caller that mentioned the high price of smartphone screen protectors, you did not mention that Zag screen protectors, for example, have a lifetime warranty. If they ever break, they will send you another one for shipping and handling fees, which is usually around $7. I've found that if they do break in what I consider too short of a time, they will usually lower the replacement cost if you call them or use the web chat feature. So you'll get a new screen protector for as little as 7 bucks. They used to provide a prepaid envelope to return the broken one, but now you don't even have to hassle with that. Thanks for all you do, Brian. And then another one from Alan is similar about the Belkin Invisiglass. that He's had a single $40 item replaced up to five times on one phone. That they go on much easier than the cheap ones, plus they are much harder glass than the cheap ones.
1: I thank you both for those posts. And a lot of the really cheap screen protectors, that I bought on eBay have turned out well to be things that out of frustration, I just rip them off. I mean, they're hard to use, and they just have not been customer friendly. And buying from one of the brands that has real guarantees, you pay real money for them, is very solid, good advice. And the thing that is an annex I'll repeat is don't buy your case or screen protectors or accessories from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. All three of them rip you off to the end of the earth with the sale of their screen protectors, cases, and accessories. In fact, if you know you're going to buy a particular phone from one of the bigs or buy it directly from Apple or whatever, go ahead and buy high-quality stuff to go in with, and when they hand you the phone, put on your stuff, instead of paying the ripoff prices you'll pay to one of the cell phone carriers.
0: You totally miss the best feature of password managers. The passwords you save are encrypted. Encryptions have unique keys that literally lock the data away so it looks like gibberish to man and machine alike. It would take a supercomputer over a million years to crack it. But what's the best part? The password managers do not have the key. The master password is the key, and no one, not even the company who does not save the key, could get it. Your passwords are so safe in them that it's not even worth worrying about. Just make sure your password is super strong. Mine is over 100 characters that I save onto a flash drive and copy and paste. Alan.
1: Alan, thank you for that very thoughtful post, and I am so impressed. And You know, phrases are now the big thing to use for a master password. Because you use a really long phrase, it's something that is very unlikely to ever be cracked. But in your case, 100 characters, that is a lot. And it's going to be hard for somebody to crack into your life. Good for you. Clark is
0: far from stinky, but I think he is remiss on not mentioning software like Quicken when talking about combating credit card fraud. With a couple of clicks, I can download transactions from all of my credit card accounts. I do this every day or two while the charges are fresh in my mind. Keep up the good work,
1: Wayne. Wayne, thank you. And, you know, you are an exception. Most people don't even look at their credit card statements. The fact that you are using Quicken in a systematic way to monitor your transactions so you're so easily and in a quick, short-term short-term basis where just days after a fraudulent transaction may have happened you're already there on the job to do something about it that is great you are different from most people where human nature makes them kind of ignore checking up on what's happening on their accounts and i should say they ignore it at high risk and to their detriment so good for you That you're using Quicken in this way. Other people use Mint or other similar products to do things similar to what you do.
0: I heard a podcast where you told a man that he should possibly move in with his significant other into the home she owns and possibly add an addition to that home or do a cash out refinance. He apparently was living in an apartment and they were blending their families. That house is not his. If this was your daughter, would you have given that advice? I am certain that you would not because it's rotten. Men intentionally take advantage of women all the time like this man, and you gave him the AOK. okay Too many relationships don't work out. Shame on you, Clark Howard. Lydia.
1: Uh, Lydia, thank you for uh, sharing your reaction to what I said. I may have been too linear for your taste in my answer, He'd already indicated that they were going to merge their lives. And I didn't have a sense that he was looking to take advantage of her. And yes, it does happen, but it does happen both ways. There'll be situations where a woman moves in and freeloads or a guy moves in and freeloads. It can be either direction and your advice, your opinion is understood And I hear you, that you've got to make sure that if you are allowing somebody to move into a property that you own, that you do protect your interests moving forward and the money you have put into it up to that date.
0: Love your show, but your lab-grown diamond information half stinks. While I agree with you that a lab-created diamond is cheaper than a natural-form diamond, you fail to mention that the lab-created diamond doesn't retain any value. It can't be resold to a jeweler and won't garner more than a few dollars on a site like eBay. On the other hand, the natural diamond can be resold for about 50% of the original price, but potentially much more. Don.
1: Don, thank you. And and I have had this feedback from a number of people in the jewelry business that I don't concentrate enough on the value in the secondhand market of a lab-created diamond versus one that's dug out of the earth. The way I've looked at it is that most people don't buy a diamond with the intention or future goal of selling because, as you stated yourself, a diamond loses, even in the best of circumstances, uh, one dug out of the earth, 50% of its value. So a diamond is anything but an investment. It is a thing of joy or given as an expression of love. So, Buying a lab-created diamond that sells for a tiny, tiny fraction, typically, of what a dug-out-of-the-earth diamond costs, I see as a a valid consumer purchase, even though in the resale market, at least to date, the lab-created diamonds lack resale value.
0: You stated you were privileged to pay cash for a new home. You earned the ability to pay cash by hard work, taking risks, and using your God-given talents to the best of your abilities. Please do not demean yourself this way and stand up proudly as an example to others how to really succeed in life.
1: Sterling. Sterling, thank you. I, when I talk about something about how I've had the success that's allowed me to do things like that, it makes me really nervous to talk about because I never want someone to resent me for what I've done. So I use language like privilege because I I know this is crazy but I'm embarrassed sometimes about the financial success I've had. So that's about my screws being somewhat loose in my head or as my family members might say. Very A lot of screws loose in my head, but that's where that comes from. And it is true unless somebody inherited the money, they earned it and they earned the ability to be able to pay cash for things others have to borrow for.
0: Clark, you stink because you only provide a way to submit negative feedback. There should be a Clark rocks so people can let you know how much they appreciate all the great things they learn from you. For example, I recently appreciated how you broke down the free phone on us deals to show that it wasn't actually a deal. I've wondered how many people get suckered into the no-contract contracts because all they see is free phone. Light is the best disinfectant, and you're throwing plenty of it on shady deals like that, Byron.
1: Byron, thank you. Byron, I have people tell me, uh, compliment me all the time, and so... I I got plenty of really, really wonderful feedback just because of being out there and hearing from people who enjoy what I do or benefited from it. So this format and this forum, clark.com slash Stinks, and then on the podcast, it's really about me learning others' perspectives and seeing where maybe I did do a bad job because for me... I'm such a believer in continuous improvement, and so often when you're in public life, you don't get to hear the things that would make you improve as a person, so for me, the uh, negative feedback, if you'd call it, constructive criticism, whatever, I find it to be immensely valuable and I treasure it.
0: When someone told you that their parents wanted to travel but didn't want to drive or fly or trains weren't a good option, your only advice was to have family travel with them. I think you forgot about one other option, the bus. I know most wouldn't consider traveling long distances sitting in a cramped bus that stops in every little town. However, most don't know about megabus. They only travel from big cities to big cities in comfortable buses with, with recliner seats and Wi-Fi. You might have to travel to catch one, but if you're not in a rush, it's a cheap way to view the country comfortably dave
1: dave i love it i love it that you suggested it megabus was uh, growing gangbusters before the pandemic started march of last year and there are competitors of megabus as well that offer very different kind of bus service than we were traditionally used to uh, when i've when i pre-pandemic would talk about megabus We would get feedback and a lot of it was not as positive as you stated, but something I was going to do just before the pandemic is I was going to do a TV story of taking a trip on Megabus and that obviously got canceled because of the pandemic. So you've reminded me and maybe I'll be able to do that and bring you also on the podcast, my experience on Megabus.
0: We should do the podcast live from Megabus. I don't think the Wi-Fi connection wifi work, is strong yeah. enough.
1: <laughs> and speaking of travel, if you're looking for a rental car, it's been the roughest year ever for renting a car. But I got an important warning for you. that could be rougher than today's really high prices on car rentals.
0: Families have a lot going on.
1: This has been a strange, odd year because of so many things that have resulted from the pandemic, but the shortage of car rentals is one of the greatest shortages in any sector of the marketplace, and that has led to a wide open space for scamsters. There are warnings from the Better Business Bureau around the country and from AARP's Fraud Watch Network about fraud watch or scam watch whichever they call it concerning bogus car rentals people are getting taken big time now i want to explain these scams have similarities but there will be different wrinkles to them you often might do a google search or some other search engine looking for a car rental and Something will pop up and it'll say, I'm just throwing out a brand name. It'll say Avis on special or Hertz or whoever. And you click on the link and you think you're at a valid link for one of the major car rental companies and you book the car and then they tell you it's a special that you have to prepay in order to get the deal. And how do you prepay? It'll be with something like Venmo or Cash App or Zelle or some form of prepaid card you can buy at the drugstore or at Walmart or whatever. And so people are like, wow, I mean, Hertz isn't offering that kind of deal direct, uh, normal booking, and then they've got this special and I'm going to save so much money? and like hook and mouth people bite on the hook and they lose their money because you then send the money to the special payment center using Zelle or Cash App or Venmo or send them the information from the stored value or prepaid card and they give you a confirmation number They may have even booked you a car with one of the major companies. And then you show up at the counter and they tell you that'll be whatever. And you're like, no, 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 I prepaid it. And people don't know they got taken till they've already traveled across the country. They get to the car rental counter and that's when you find out you were taken, and there's no way. You know, the problem with Zelle, Cash App, and Venmo is there's no consumer protections in the law at all for those three. They are dangerous as all get-out to use. It's fine to use them when you're, let's say, giving money to your nephew for graduation or you're, splitting a restaurant check with a friend and you're paying them back for, they paid on their credit card, you're paying them back for your share of the meal, whatever. When you're paying a friend or family member, a known person to you, not a business, not a business, fine to pay using those. Although again, if you mess up and you put in the wrong information and the money goes to the wrong person, Again, the law provides no consumer protections for Zelle, Cash App, and Venmo. Shame on the banks that run Zelle, and shame on the operators of Venmo and Cash App that they, on their own, have cynically not provided any consumer protections at all. But know that anytime a stranger or a business asked to be paid any of those ways or with any kind of prepaid card or store value card the odds are virtually a hundred percent let's call it 99.997 percent that you're about to be scammed and the car rental thing is sadly the latest way people are getting scammed
0: All right, Clark, speaking of travel, John in Florida says, my wife thinks I can convert my Hilton points over to Marriott Bonvoy. Easy peasy. Yes or no?
1: Only if Marriott is offering a special deal. Normally, these arch rivals don't allow anything like that. Now, people will do conversions through a third-party site, but the, the conversions are usually very poor. I would not consider doing that so your wife is always right just not this time so there are times on uh, credit card points you can do things where you're moving points around with different hotel programs but again usually not a good deal i will tell you this though if you have high status with hilton or marriott or um Intercontinental hotels, I guess those are the three bigs. And you have an elite-level status with one of them. Another to try to get your business will normally honor your status. But in terms of moving points from one to the other, that's hazardous to your hotel stays.
0: And Stephanie in California says, Last year my husband and I bought a townhome. We have a conventional fixed 30-year home loan. Our rate is 3.375%. We're wondering if we should refinance.
1: Who would have ever imagined that you with a rate in the threes would be in a position that you're like, hmm, should I refi? So refiing at your low rate only works one of two scenarios. One is if you do what's known as a no-closing-cost refi, where you don't get the lowest rates in the market, But if the rate is lower that you can find and qualify for than your 3.375, yeah, go ahead and refi. Just know since you now have 29 years left in your mortgage, not 30, you're adding another year to your mortgage. If you went from a 30-year, if you could afford it, into a 20 or a 15, and you got a meaningfully lower rate, that would cut years off your loan and greatly reduce the amount of interest you'd have to pay over the years. And 15-year loans historically have carried a fair amount lower interest rate than 30 years if you're looking at a new loan or a refi. Uh, For many people, though, going from a 30 to a 15, the payment's more than you can swing. We have an amazingly sophisticated mortgage loan calculator on Clark.com. It helps you figure out if a loan you're offered on a refi is a deal or not for you. It took us seven months, I guess, to develop this tool with constant testing to get it right.
0: Had to be up to Clark standards.
1: It had to be something that would actually serve you well. And people have been really happy with it.
0: This is, from, this is from Reginald in Wisconsin. If I co-sign for a car that's $17,000, how would this affect my credit? My score is 737, and the loan would be for my son.
1: Reginald, you're a cool dad that you're considering doing this for your son.
0: You're holding your face.
1: Oh, <laughs> I just i am like, I'm so nervous about talking about no. you doing this for your son. So, you know your son, and if you know him to be very responsible, then this will, I don't have to give all the warnings I do about cosigns, because with a cosign of a car loan, you're responsible for it no matter what, without the privileges of the vehicle. So, how does it affect you? It affects your ratios. So, if you later need to borrow money, and even if your son does everything like he should and pays for the vehicle on time and all that, you are still going to find that it makes it more difficult when you want to borrow money for something to be able to do so. If your son uh, has trouble remembering to pay on time or whatever, you're responsible for that. It's double whammy because you're responsible for the payments. And if you don't know about it in time and a late payment's been recorded, that late pay shows on your credit. So, Co-signing is a very, very serious undertaking, and they're done almost always with the best of intention. You just got to know that you're taking on that financial obligation if your son doesn't do what he's supposed to do and make those payments.
0: And this is from Kyle in Illinois. I have a credit card and I asked them for a credit limit increase. I was denied and received a hard pull on one of the credit bureaus. What gives?
1: Kyle, that's very unusual that on a credit limit increase request that they did a hard pull. The reason that's unusual is the credit cards you have are subscribers to the credit bureau and they check your credit every single month so that is an odd circumstance and not one that i have routinely heard so that is i mean how about just pouring salt in the wounds they turned down your increase and did a hard pull and they legitimately can do a hard pull because you are essentially asking for an additional extension of credit it's just uncool and very unusual. And I think that that tells you that that bank does not have your interests at heart. I want to thank you for joining us. And for more free advice, please reach out to our Consumer Action Center. We are here to serve you one-on-one. You can find all the details and hours of speaking with someone at the Consumer Action Center at clark.com slash CAC.